G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention to another one of those issues that is so connected with the way that we have freedoms in Australia. As you know, and if you've been around a little while, freedom means that you are able to make decisions yourself about the sorts of issues and about the sorts of direction you and your family might go. But that might not necessarily be the way that others define freedom. Well, let's talk through some issues today and an article that Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has written just recently called The Sexual Politicization of Everything. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back for another session on our Culture Watch segment. It's great to be back. Bill, this is a connected issue with freedoms. Some of us will remember what it is to have freedom, to raise our families, to not be bombarded with a whole lot of different ideological and even crazy positions. But you're talking just this week about the sexual politicisation of everything. What do you mean by the way that's all rising up in Australia right now? Yeah, well, we know that uh, certainly the push for all things homosexual and more recently all things transgender, it's just absolutely everywhere. You can't uh, open a book, a newspaper, turn on radio, TV, walk down the street, walk into school without right having all of this shoved in your face big time by the activists. So a very small but noisy group of militants have been pushing this like mad certainly homosexuality for nearly a half century, and now in the last few years, the transgender agenda. But what becomes really scary, it's one thing when the activists are pushing this, we expect them to. But when you get the government to basically jump into bed with them, and big business often doing the same, well, then it makes it much more tough for the individual uh, citizen who simply is not crazy about this agenda really does not approve of it and wants nothing to do with it, well, when increasingly the state enters in and enforces the lifestyle and effectively penalizes those people who don't go along with it, and then one corporation after another funds and finances this and pushes this and makes it a requirement for employment, right? We've even had the homosexual head of Qantas uh, Alan Joyce saying, look, if you don't support our values, which includes uh, pro-homosexual, you, you don't have to fly with us. And, you know, when you don't have many airline options to begin with, what is just a kind of a loose threat today can very easily become a requirement tomorrow, right? You don't line up with certain politically correct beliefs, and you will find yourself uh, being denied all kinds of uh, opportunities in society, both from government and business. So that's the, the big picture here. Our freedoms are being taken away. Uh, our democratic rights to believe what we want, certainly religious freedom, all that's under threat with the radical 
homosexual agenda, which is being so much pushed by big business and by big government. So you've got this permeation into the entire fabric of the community. And when we think of these things, typically they were behind closed doors in seedy parts of town. But <laughs> but now all of this has overflowed onto the streets and it's through our education system. It's in business. Uh, last weekend, I imagine a good illustration of what happened in the pride round of the AFL. Mm. Well, that's the scary bit, as I say in my article. Up until recently, one of the highlights for millions of families in Australia after a hard week of work or school, hey, let's go to the footy together as a family. A nice family-friendly outing, a few hours of fun. You forget about all your problems and your cares. You can support your favorite team. You know, football used to be fun. But now, like just about everything else, it's become politicized. So now we have all kinds of rounds that the AFL is cramming down our throats. So we have multicultural rounds. We've had Muslim pride rounds. We've got homosexuality pride rounds. Um, Sorry, why can't we just enjoy footy? Why can't we just watch a game without having radical political agendas being forced upon us? So you had everything there. You had the rainbow colors painted on the field. You had uniforms with rainbow colors. You had uh, TV programs ahead of the game with St. Kilda and Sydney were full of the rainbow ideology, praising it up to the hilt. And probably worse yet, for most uh, families, and I think many parents are absolutely shocked, they actually had gender-neutral toilets at Etihad Stadium here in Melbourne just to keep the trans militants happy as if we now can just have guys waltzing into a girl's uh, toilet and doing their thing uh, which we've seen overseas is becoming a real problem with real uh, issues involved Um, so this is madness this is when political correctness has gone berserk the militants have taken over and even a fun game of footy on the weekend has now become all about politics. And I've had so many people telling me, hey, I used to love the footy, but I'm just not going anymore. I've had a gutful of this. Bill, there's a certain sense in which these things start off as novelty, but then what grows out of that is this appreciation, this recognition that behind the novelty is a political agenda. Do you think Mm. that there may be a time when Australians say, "Uh uh-uh, I can see through that now, I recognise that there's a political agenda there, and uh, I want that to stop, Or, or will that be too late, do you think? Well, good questions indeed. I'd like to think Australians, most of them, are going to wake up and just say enough is enough. This is madness, taking over everything. You're spoiling everything. You're wrecking everything. You're politicizing everything. Uh, Maybe one indication that this is happening, I noticed there was at least one poll uh, survey taken about this very issue of the trans toilets at Etihad Stadium, and uh, when I last looked, 83% of Australians said, no, we do not want this baloney in our sporting stadium. So that was a good good sign, 83% no, we've had a, enough of this baloney. So, but yeah, whether it's too late, that's the next question. Uh, some of us warned, you know, until we were red in the face or blue in the face, 
that if we do something like fake marriage, homosexual marriage, that'll just be the beginning. The demands will not stop there. They'll keep going. And as we lose more and more of our freedoms, more and more of our rights to keep the militants happy, well, it's there's no end to where this is going. So, yeah, I certainly do hope most Australians wake up and real fast. Sadly, they weren't very awake during the marriage debate, but maybe when they see... Uh, you know, 50-year-old guys walking into the toilet with their 11-year-old daughters, maybe finally they'll wake up and say, oops, enough is enough. I wonder, Bill, about the ways that influence happens. I mean, we're used to the idea as Christians that evangelists are important because they're spreading a good word, a good news, and as people take that up, whole communities can be transformed. But there are almost evangelists for the LGBT agenda uh, working as lobbyists, and they're working not necessarily with the grassroots, but with the top end of town, the people who are organising sport, the, the people who are running the big businesses, those who are in government. I wonder if there's a lesson we ought to learn from that as Christian believers. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're quite right. The other side is filled with evangelists. They have more zeal than many Christians do. They're missionaries for their cause. And they're sacrificing. They're doing whatever it takes to make sure their agenda is pushed everywhere. So as you say, they rightly are going into everything, television, the media, politics, education. In fact, you could really say uh, we've had a, a real uh, correspondence as more and more Christians are opting out, refusing to be salt and light, they're not getting involved in politics. They're not getting in the media. They're not getting in academia. You know, they're having their little private holy huddles, uh, which has a place, but it's not going to stop the culture wars. Uh, at the very time Christians are abandoning their duties, the other side is taking their place. They're all over the media today. They're all over academia. They're all over our universities no wonder why they keep winning. They're evangelistic, they're smart, they're trying to be strategic and to take over every area of life. And sadly, most Christians have abandoned every area of life. It's, it's as if, you know, uh, Jesus never said he should be salt and light. It's as if we have no obligation to let Christ be Lord over every area of life. So a lot of this is our own fault. The other side is evangelistic. And we're mostly asleep at the wheel. I wonder whether, Bill, and it might be a conversation for another day, the idea of replacing the salt and light mentality of being a Christian believer with just a message of a gospel and a call to repentance. They're, they're two different dimensions, but we can't do one without the other. We need to be salt and light as well as be the carrier of the message of the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And too often, Christians foolishly make the claim or the idea that we have to choose one or the other. Well, why don't we be biblical for a change? How about doing both? Uh, if you look at 2,000 years of Christian mission and advance, it was always about preaching the gospel, but it was always also about social transformation, you know, helping the poor, the needy, women and children. Uh, for most of church history, Christians never thought that you actually had to choose one or the other. You, of course, you do both. You be salt and light. You share the gospel with individuals and pray for them. 
it's a package deal. But sadly, a lot of Christians today have gotten this faulty notion that, well, I'll just uh, quietly preach the gospel. And by the way, a lot of Christians aren't even doing that anymore. <laughs> you know, they maybe pray, uh, and that may be it. But they've abandoned altogether the idea that we should be salt and light in a very needy world. So, yep, we got to do the whole deal, and it's because the other side is doing the whole deal, at least as much as they can, that they keep winning, and uh, sadly, we keep losing. Well, the substance of who we are as individuals and who we are as a nation is being tested, and the challenge here is to stand up and be salt and light, as well as be a carrier of the good news of the gospel. Bill, I'll point people to your website, com. You can simply Google Culture Watch and read the latest articles that Bill's written. The one we've been talking about today is about the sexual politicization of everything. Bill, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.